Welcome to the latest podcast from the Plastic Surgery Journal Club. Each month we review an appraiser journal article, typically from PRS, and summarize it for you in this podcast. The full journal can be obtained from the PRS website. Welcome back to the October 2017 Plastic and Reconstructive Surgery Journal Club coming to you from Sydney, Australia. My name is Damien Marucci and I'm with Constant Van Schuckweit and we are talking about Behind the Black Box, the evidence for the US Food and Drug Administration warning about the risk of general anaesthesia in children younger than three years of age. This is by Dedarian et al and uh, published in the October 2017 PRS. So Con, what was this paper about in a nutshell? So basically, uh, this is a paper that addresses a new warning by the US FDA uh, regarding uh, anaesthetic drug safety um, in children under the age of three. And the warning basically says that repeated or lengthy use of general anaesthetic and sedation drugs during surgeries or procedures in children younger than three years or in pregnant women in their third trimester may affect the development of children's brains. Um, this review of literature uh, was done to look at the evidence that this warning was based upon and to provide guidance to uh, plastic surgeons um, in their discussions with uh, parents and, uh, and concerned family members. Um, basically, it summarises the preclinical data and the current epidemiologic studies that, uh, that inform the FDA's decision. So the first studies uh, to suggest any neurotoxicity in children were published in the late 90s and early 2000s, and they exposed uh, neonatal rats to differing uh, anaesthetic regimens for about six hours and found that uh, these rats demonstrated short and long-term impairment in spatial learning and memory. Uh, following that, uh, another group uh, in 2000 performed a study on neonatal primates and uh, treated them with 24-hour ketamine infusions and found that the control monkeys outperformed the ketamine monkeys in uh, both learning, motivation, memory and colour discrimination, but also that the deficits were maintained over time. Uh, those two studies uh, also combined with uh, a Mayo Clinic study uh, looking at a cohort of children born in uh, Olmsted County, Minnesota between 1976 and 1982 and examined the effect of uh, anaesthetic exposure before the age of four on these children. And what they found there was an increased uh, incidence of learning disabilities uh, in children with multiple GA exposures during that time uh, compared to those uh, with zero or just one anaesthetic exposure prior to the age of four. And then Stratton et al. in 2014 did a retrospective analysis of children under the age of two who were exposed to more than two hours of general anaesthetic. Uh, and in this group, they found that there was some impairment at recollecting associative information, but IQ and child behaviour scores were all equal. Um, based upon those two large groups of studies, uh, the FDA uh, produced their warning. Um, but since then, uh, there's been some more prospective data that uh, may be in conflict to the original uh, animal models and uh, retrospective cohort studies. So there's a general anaesthesia compared to spinal anaesthesia trial currently underway. It's a multi-centre international randomised trial looking at awake spinal versus general anaesthetic during herniorophy operations. Um, and its primary endpoint has not been reached yet, but one of the secondary endpoints, which is a... Uh, 
toddler development uh, test at the age of two showed that there were no adverse outcomes in patients uh, who underwent general anaesthetic. Um, Further to that, the Pediatric Anesthesia Neurodevelopment Assessment Study, um, which is another multi-center perspective uh, sibling-matched cohort study, um, shows that in 105 pairs of exposed and unexposed siblings undergoing herniorophy, um, there were no statistical differences in IQ or memory or motor processing <coughs> or visual spatial function. So, in conclusion, the, m most of the current studies showed that a single short GA is safe um, the retrospective and animal data remains the only basis for the FDA warning. Um, the risks may be greater in the first year of life. Um, it is not known whether multiple GAs, uh, short GAs are safe. Um, and there's no prospective data available uh, looking at multiple short GAs or GAs lasting longer than three hours. Um, this paper recommends that all surgeons sh should take a minute, just think about their approach and see if uh, you know, there are any surgeries they're performing in children under the age of three that could possibly be delayed. Um, uh, all exposures, including the investigation-related ex uh, investigation exposures, should be factored in. So if someone needs an MRI, that needs to be considered, especially if they need a GI. Um, and uh, think twice whether um, a certain operation is worth using up the one known safe GA in the first year of life. Um, so they specifically say that uh, cleft lip repair should not be delayed and also that there should be n there's no evidence to change the timing of craniosynostosis uh, uh, surgery. But uh, the strategies to reduce the exposure to volatile anaesthetics should be implemented uh, during anaesthetic. Um, the general tone of this article uh, suggests that, uh, and you know, the, the consensus amongst the group was that the, this anaesthetic is safe in children. Children undergoing long operations are usually very sick and uh, we don't have a, a real choice. Um, and that uh, the FDA warning may have been premature, but it's important for us to address uh, the evidence for it, uh, considering the fact that parents and, uh, may ask us about this. Yeah, certainly um, what I got from the paper was that the actual evidence didn't seem particularly strong uh, uh, in the sense that the retrospective and animal studies which have been done, uh, you know, the obvious confounders of children who are having multiple anaesthetics or prolonged anaesthetics are usually having multiple or prolonged anaesthetics for a reason, uh, reasons that may impact on their neurocognitive development. Uh, there are no procedures that go for more than three hours that one would consider in a child under the age of one that is not a significant surgical undertaking mm. that would only be undertaken for a very good medical reason. Mm. Um, and as I said, I mean, you know, you shouldn't delay your craniosynostosis surgery on the basis of this. You shouldn't delay your cleft lip and palate surgery on the basis of this. Uh, which then leads to the question, well, what kind of surgery would you be delaying? I mean, I can't think of any elective procedure in someone under the age of three which is gonna take more than three hours, which I'll say, actually, you know what, let's just wait a year or two and we'll do it then. I mean, if it's a free flap, if it's a major craniofacial procedure, it's normally because there are uh, the delays of not doing surgery are uh, greater than the delays, uh, the risks of performing uh, a, a procedure. Mm -hmm. um, but even still, obviously, these prospective stock trials, which incidentally didn't seem to show you know, any major results, um, uh, we need to wait for them to come to fruition. And it'll be very interesting to see whether prospectively there is any scientific ev uh, ev uh, evidence to, to justify the black box warning. Agreed. Okay, thank you.
Thank you for listening. For more of our podcasts, head to soundcloud.com or subscribe to us on iTunes and search Plastic Surgery Journals. Remember Sitting to like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. Thanks also to the PR's Journal team for their ongoing support.